Hey there, I'm Beth Connors, a midwife and mom of two, but also your birth bestie. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into everything you need to feel confident, prepared, and in control from baby bump to delivery room, from practical tips to personal stories. We'll cover it all so you know exactly what to expect every step of the way. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Your Birth Bestie podcast. This is episode 21, where I will be breaking down the first prenatal visit after you get that positive pregnancy test. So if this is you, first of all, congratulations. I hope you are feeling well, but I also know the reality is that you are probably feeling fatigued, maybe nauseous, and probably have a ton of questions circling around in your head. Or at least that is exactly how it was for me. I remember calling my provider's office the very first time I got my positive pregnancy test, And they asked for the date of my last period, and then they scheduled an appointment for me out until I was like eight or 10 weeks pregnant. When you are excited and filled with maybe mixed emotions about your pregnancy, or you have lots of questions, you might be thinking, what should I be doing until that appointment? Is this certain thing that I'm wondering normal, or should I be concerned? What shouldn't I be doing? Um, Also, things like, what should I be thinking about regarding my provider or my birth plan? Or do I even have to be thinking about these things at this point? And then on the phone, you are told you have to wait several weeks or even months to get an answer to those questions. And I know this caused me a lot of stress, but hopefully I have helpful information for you and resources to share here today to make it much more tolerable and enjoyable for you. And I want to reassure you that it's normal to have a lot of questions, but it's the healthcare system that is pretty messed up with neglecting to provide you support until that 10-ish week mark. By this time in your pregnancy, your baby has developed nearly all of their body structures, their eyelids have formed, their facial features such as their ears and lips are beginning to take on their final shape, and they're the size of only a grape. So you probably don't have a baby bump yet at this point. But so much has already happened without you even knowing. Yet, you likely haven't even had the opportunity to get the support you want or need, which I would love to help change. I would love for you to have the support before this first appointment and really throughout your entire pregnancy, your labor, and postpartum journey, wherever you might be. So I've decided to expand my support beyond my self-paced online birth course, hands-off hospital birth, so you can have personalized and timely support whenever you have a question. I use Voxer support to text moms in my business, and right now I'm looking for moms like you who would benefit from unlimited text support in pregnancy as you're planning for birth or navigating postpartum as well. I know the default is going straight to Google for all of your burning pregnancy and birth planning questions, but let's be honest, that info often is biased, not relatable to your particular situation, and not interactive at all. It takes seriously so much time to find what you're looking for and for it to actually be helpful. So if this is you, I would love to support you in this way, and you can send me a message on Instagram at bethconnors underscore CNM, and we can figure out the details and what it would be like to literally have me in your back pocket as a resource, helping you and your partner through all of this journey of pregnancy. I will also be opening my most personalized birth bestie package that includes tech support, video calls, live birth support, either in person or online, depending on your location and your preference access to my comprehensive online birth course, and so much more. 
So the details of this will be coming soon, but if you're interested in my most personalized one-on-one program, I would love to meet you and your support team. You can sign up for the waitlist and the link in the show notes to be the first to know about all the details and receive special bonuses as well when this program opens in November. But until then, I don't want to leave you hanging at all. I want you to feel prepared and take control of your appointments and your experience without anxiety or really any stress at all. So here is exactly what to expect during your first prenatal visit. The first prenatal appointment is important because aside from that initial positive pregnancy test where you're celebrating the start of parenthood, this is a lot of times when the journey feels real, full of excitement, questions, and probably some nervousness too. But I am here to help you feel prepared and confident to make decisions during your prenatal care that will affect the rest of your pregnancy and journey to motherhood. This first prenatal appointment is scheduled between 6 and 10 weeks of pregnancy usually and serves as a foundation for your healthcare provider to monitor your health and the health of your growing baby. It's also a chance for you to establish a relationship with your healthcare team, gather essential information, and really set the tone for the upcoming months. But stepping into the unknown can bring up many concerns and anxieties, whether it's your first pregnancy or not. From worries about health issues to feeling scared or uncertain about childbirth itself, I'm here to address these common fears and offer you some guidance on how to approach your first prenatal appointment with confidence. So the first thing you'll do when you get that positive pregnancy test, and maybe you've already done this, is call around to those in your insurance network and see who is actually taking new patients. Then you have a decision to make to who you will schedule your first appointment with. But it is so early at this point that if it doesn't end up being a good fit, you can absolutely change providers. So don't put too much pressure on this step in the process. Of course, it would be nice to stay with the same person, but know that you can change providers at any point and it doesn't have to be a whole stressful situation. And we can definitely talk about that another time too if anyone is interested. Then as you prepare for this appointment, which is probably still weeks away, you'll want to gather a few documents or at least think through a few things before going to your appointment. Be sure to have your driver's license and insurance card. Know your medical history, such as current medications, including the dosage and any known allergies or sensitivities, details of past surgeries or medical procedures, previous pregnancies and birth outcomes, if this applies to you, information on family medical history, including genetic conditions as well. You'll also be asked about lifestyle information, such as history or current use of drugs or alcohol, and if you currently have any dietary preferences or restrictions. You'll also want to provide emergency contact details for yourself and list a preferred pharmacy. So those are just very basic things to have handy to determine any concerns or risk factors for your provider to really be aware of during the time they're they're caring for you in your pregnancy. You'll also want to have a list of questions for your healthcare provider. Yes, they are assessing you and your health, but you're also interviewing them to see if they're a good fit to care for you and your unborn baby. I have an entire worksheet about conversations with your provider, questions to ask, understanding and assessing their answers, and when or how to change providers if it does come down to that. But here's a list of things to definitely ask your provider at that first appointment. Things like, what is the structure of the practice? For example, do they share call with other doctors? And if they do, 
you know, call for when they when you go into labor and they will be delivering your baby, will you get to meet each of the other providers during your pregnancy? Because a lot of the times clinics encourage you to schedule at least one prenatal visit with each doctor so that you have met everybody by the time that you have your baby. And this isn't ideal for all moms to have someone new every time, but others, it doesn't bother them at all. So having a heads up with this, at least who will be available and potentially delivering your baby is good to know ahead of time. Also asking how often they attend non-medicated births. This answer gives you some insight on their thoughts about unmedicated birth and if they do or don't completely support it. How will they help you avoid a cesarean? This is also a way to get a good idea of your provider's values and how they will support you in a physiologic birth if that's your goal. Also, what are your recommendations for laboring positions and pushing positions? When would you recommend inducing labor? These are all good things to know ahead of time because it could save you some frustrating conversations way further down in your pregnancy journey when it's a little more difficult to find another care provider. So being sure the provider that you're seeing right now is truly a good fit is really, really important and hopefully helps reduce any uncertainty and nervousness. And if you do want the full list that I created, I can link it in the show notes as well. You can find it at bethconnors.com forward slash questions. You'll also, of course, ask questions about any concerns that you're having or unusual symptoms that you're experiencing and talk about those as well at your first visit. You should be taking a prenatal vitamin at this point. So having information about the prenatal vitamins and supplements that you're taking is important to make sure that you're getting everything that you need. And I will link the ACOG daily recommended amount for vitamins and minerals during pregnancy. So definitely compare the prenatal that you are taking right now, those nutrition facts against the list and um, supplement where you see necessary. Folic acid, though, is one of the most important to reduce the risks of neural tube defects that all prenatals definitely have. I do like to recommend, though, finding a prenatal vitamin with L-methylfolate instead of folic acid due to that being easier on your body to work with and get the full effects from rather than relying on your body to properly convert the folic acid to its active form. So it's not a requirement, but I do recommend it. Also be sure that you are taking a prenatal vitamin with iron. And don't hate me for saying this, but I do recommend rethinking taking those gummy vitamins if you can tolerate something else because those do not contain iron. If it is all that you can tolerate right now due to nausea or anything, really anything is better than nothing, but do consider switching to one with iron as soon as you can. The prenatal that I have been taking for years now through two pregnancies and breastfeeding my babies is pure encapsulation prenatal nutrients. And these are high quality ingredients that follow the ACOG's recommendations. Um, I also take an omega-3 supplement with DHA for brain development, um, helping support a full-term pregnancy and healthy birth weight. And the brand I like is Nordic Naturals and also a vitamin D supplement is something to think about. You'll also want to try to remember the first date of your last period and or the date of conception. The more information that you have really, the more accurately you'll be able to date your pregnancy. But of course, if you don't know this information, that's okay too. It's just one of those nice things to have. Usually OB clinics will have you schedule a dating ultrasound with that first prenatal visit or maybe even a week or so before just to confirm everything is doing okay, um, either baby or babies if you're having a surprise multiple pregnancy, um, that everything is just going well, 
baby is in the uterus, not somewhere else like a fallopian tube or an ovary. Something like that would be dangerous and potentially life-threatening. And that dating ultrasound is the best time to estimate how far along you are. As baby is getting bigger, the results tend to be less accurate. And this, again, never means that anything is mandatory, but if you want the most accurate prediction, this would be the test to tell you that information. But I did want to remind you that even though you do have a dating ultrasound, let's say, a due date is just a guess and baby will most likely, hopefully, come between 37 and 42 weeks of pregnancy. And as you can tell, this is a very large window, you know, being five weeks long. So we are just really, really bad at estimating when your baby will be born. Okay, so you have scheduled your first appointment, and let's say your dating ultrasound is scheduled as well, and now you're anticipating what will actually happen at this appointment. So when you get to the office, they will take your weight and your blood pressure and probably have you provide a urine sample to rule out infections like a UTI, because in pregnancy, urinary tract infections often don't have any symptoms, but they can actually put baby at risk and increase the chance for things like preterm labor. So we'll want to rule that out. You'll then see your provider and chat about questions that I had mentioned before, like medical and surgical history, medications, all the stuff like that. And then you'll get into the actual physical exam. They will do a full head-to-toe assessment, which is good for a baseline of any concerns and to identify any potential risk factors for the pregnancy that would maybe need to be monitored or managed throughout your pregnancy. Two things, though, that aren't always expected by moms is when a provider recommends doing a pap smear and a vaginal swab for STIs, sexually transmitted infections like chlamydia, gonorrhea, and trichomonas. These are not mandatory, as nothing is, like I mentioned before, but pap smears are recommended every three years to screen for cervical cancer. And if that time happens to be while you're pregnant, there has been shown to be no risk to your baby, so your provider will likely recommend it. But that doesn't mean also that it's something that you want to do. You may want to wait until you are six weeks postpartum or, you know, not do it at all. But it is completely up to you, your risk factors, and your discussion with your provider. If you are considering a pap smear and, you know, leading in that direction, it is normal to have some light spotting after the procedure because naturally when you are pregnant, there is more blood flow to that area, causing the cervix, which is what is swabbed during a pap smear, to bleed more easily when it's touched. And it can also feel a bit crampy, which of course, when paired with the bleeding, this can be so worrisome for pregnant moms. So knowing this ahead of time that it's normal, but also knowing that it's not required and you can say no at any time, or even if you're just not sure, say no in the moment and reconsider it maybe for the next visit. There should be no pressure at all. The next thing I wanted to mention too when talking about screenings and tests are blood tests are usually recommended. This includes checking for your blood type, anemia, and infections like rubella, hepatitis, syphilis, and HIV. So those are usually ordered at the first prenatal visit by your provider as well. After the initial evaluation questions and physical assessment, you'll have the chance to discuss how the care during your pregnancy will look from here on out really talking about the frequency of your appointments as you progress through each trimester, what's recommended or what are routine screenings available, like genetic testing, and address any concerns or questions that you might have. Ideally, you would have plenty of time with your provider during this meeting, but the reality is often appointments are rushed, 
And if that happens to you, I am seriously so sorry. I wish this wasn't the case, but it does happen quite often. This was my experience as a patient being rushed along each visit in my pregnancy. But then as a clinician, I definitely did feel pressed for time as well. It comes down to a problem with the healthcare system. And it's absolutely a huge part of why I am supporting moms now planning for a hospital birth in a non-traditional way outside of the clinic space. There is just so much information and support that needs to be individualized for expecting parents that we are really doing a disservice to families by not providing the support right from the get-go. So if this happens to be your experience at all and you have lingering questions or you don't feel listened to fully, please message me and let's chat about how I can help fill those missing gaps and truly explode your confidence in what to expect in pregnancy and during your labor and birth and postpartum. You deserve all of the information so that you're navigating this experience with confidence and not fear. I did also want to mention a few things that you might think are you know, too soon to ask your provider right away at that first visit, but I promise that's not the case. When it comes to navigating the journey of pregnancy and parenthood, it's natural for many questions and concerns to come up. One of the most empowering aspects of this journey is the opportunity to seek answers and gain insights that can shape your experience. While some topics might seem too soon, they are actually super relevant and can absolutely impact your birth experience. So just as a reminder, I am encouraging you to not hesitate and ask the questions that truly matter to you. It is definitely easier said than done sometimes, I know, but something I just want you to consider. It is also so important to make informed decisions that align with your preferences and values, and that's where early conversations about pain management options, the role of doulas, planning for induction or scheduled C-section, newborn cares and procedures in the hospital, breastfeeding support, and so much more are crucial to start those conversations early on. Like I said, you might be in those early stages of your pregnancy, but these are discussions that can provide clarity and confidence as you move forward 100%. For example, pain management during childbirth is a part of the plan that deserves careful consideration. You'll want to explore all of the options that are available to you from medical interventions like an epidural or IV pain medication to natural pain relief techniques. These will help you make choices that resonate with your birth plan. When these conversations are initiated sooner rather than later, it allows you so much needed time to research and reflect and ultimately make a decision that feels right for you and then you can go prepare for it and actually take action in a way that feels good to you. Diving into the role of doulas, this can be a game changer too. Doulas offer physical, emotional, and informational support to expecting parents during pregnancy, really all through the postpartum period. Deciding whether to include a doula in your birth team is a personal choice, and starting this conversation early ensures that you will have enough time to explore the benefits, connect and reach out to potential doulas, and find the right fit for you. Seeing if your provider supports your decision of having a doula is also important because I have seen many moms before say that their provider doesn't work with doulas or that they're offended by having a doula because it show, it's in some way showing that you don't trust the provider or that a doula just gets in the way of what they're trying to do. And this is a red flag. This is not a provider that you want to have if you're planning to have that supportive presence. So knowing that ahead of time that your provider is not supportive is very, very helpful. 
Hopefully that doesn't happen for you, of course. Um, doula support is amazing for many families, and I hope that's an option for you if you have that desire. So I really just wanted to make the point that there is no harm in seeking information early on. And it actually really shows your commitment to a well-informed and fulfilling journey into parenthood. So embrace the opportunity to explore these topics, ask questions without hesitation, and set the foundation for a pregnancy and birth experience that aligns with your vision 100%. Your empowerment really begins with your curiosity. So with that, and now that you have everything that you need before your first appointment, it's important to also continue thinking ahead to what's coming next. Discuss any follow-up appointments and upcoming tests, and when you're ready to begin looking into supportive classes and resources to lean on when you have questions. There are so many benefits of staying informed and prepared, and really having a smooth freak-out-free birth is totally possible. You can have there be no surprises and be prepared for the next thing every single step of the way. And the best part is that you are not at all alone. There is a whole community of soon-to-be parents just like you, all navigating the same things right now. I am on your side too and would love to meet you and support you one question at a time until you are holding your sweet little baby in your arms. I will be cheering you on every step of the way, so please don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you so much for tuning in to Your Birth Bestie podcast today. If you found this episode helpful, don't forget to subscribe to the show to get a notification every Tuesday when I release a new episode. Until next time, stay curious, stay informed, and be authentic in this birth journey that is uniquely yours. Bye, everyone.